Welcome to the NFL, where everything is chaos and is on fire. Grassy Posse Packer Nation. Welcome to another episode of Packers, the podcast where you don't have to be Packers But it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Yeah, uh, week two, and I'm already at a loss for who's on these power rankings. Grassy, and today we are going to be ranking the top 10 teams heading into week two. And considering what occurred in week one, this is already an arduous task. You had major upsets. You had the Seahawks being the only winning team in the NFC West by knocking off the Broncos. You had the Steelers knocking off the reigning defending AFC champion Bengals. You had the Giants beating the Titans. You had the Packers losing week one. Okay, well, that's kind of become a tradition. But the point stands that things be crazy right now. And so uh, I'm just going to kind of take a swing at it. And let's see what happens. Starting off with number 10, because I kind of just have to give props here. And I hate this team from the bottom of my soul because of the fail Mary. Of course, the NFC championship game in which we do not speak of, which was my personal Vietnam. You got the Seattle Seahawks and Again, I could have put the Packers here. I could have put another losing team that, you know, played valiantly. I could have put the Dolphins. But no, I'm going to put the Seahawks because absolutely nobody gave them a shot, including myself, and they proved everybody wrong. The Seattle Seahawks, now the number one team in the NFC West, won by a single point. And a lot of it has to do with not only the Broncos shooting themselves in the foot, which they did often, and Russell Wilson proves that he still can't score from the one-yard line, but more importantly, Geno Smith, who played a phenomenal game, didn't throw his first incompletion until about five minutes left in the second quarter. Geno Smith played a damn good game. How good? Well, the crowd was chanting MVP at him during the game. Are they being facetious? Maybe a little bit. They also were booing Russell Wilson, which is one of the reasons why your team was relevant. Then again, you did have the Legion of Boom. But let's not get into semantics here. Now, along with Geno Smith, you also had Penny, who had 60 yards. And that was going to kind of be the big focal point here. You had a QB battle between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, but you had a solid running game, whether it was through the draft or you had guys like Rashad Penny. I know Chris Carson did have to retire early, unfortunately, but it was still thought that they were going to have a better O-line, which they did because Geno Smith had great pockets all Monday night, but more importantly, they also had lanes to run. Now, you didn't have like breakout games by DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett, but Geno Smith was able to spread the ball around and they were able to be successful. On top of that, the defense made some crucial stops. They made two really big turnovers in the red zone, forcing a Melvin Gordon fumble and then a Javante Williams fumble. And just like that, the Seattle Seahawks were able to pull off the upset. I will also say that the Broncos, yeah, they didn't do themselves any favors. Whether it was turnovers, it was a ton of penalties, Nathaniel Hackett's weird timeout, lack of calling, then deciding to call them just to be kind of a douche at the end of the game. 
And then, of course, the decision to kick a 64-yard field goal instead of going for it on fourth and five. But either way, I think the Seahawks deserve some credit here. Only ones to win in the division. Knocked off a quality opponent who many people think are going to be a playoff team in the Broncos. And this might be the only time they make the list. So, number 10, Seahawks. This is your due. Number nine, you got the reigning defending AFC champions. You got the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's get this out of the way. The Cincinnati Bengals lost. Uh, Joe Burrow got the absolute crap beaten out of him, got sacked a lot, a lot, was constantly under pressure, had five turnovers on the day, four interceptions, one fumble, and all of that happened And the Bengals still, like, threw away the game. If it wasn't for terrible clock management or one less turnover, the Bengals would have won. Joe Burrow just kind of went into screw it. Jamar Chase is down there mode and just started launching it. He finished the day 338 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, one fumble. Also had 47 rushing yards. Joe Mixon had 82 rushing yards. Also caught seven receptions for 63 yards. But Jamar Chase, 10 receptions, 129 yards. And he obviously was that go-to. Now, T. Higgins also got injured out for a concussion. And the Bengals were in this. I mean, we've seen this before where he's gotten thrashed around and still has won, looking at you, Tennessee Titans. And again, I'm not going to pretend that the Steelers are this godly opponent, but the Steelers do have a very good defense. Their offense is anemic and leaves a lot to be desired. And there's good news for the Steelers because it looks like TJ Watt and Najee Harris are going to return earlier than expected. But for the Bengals, it's a divisional matchup. It's always going to be difficult. You're facing arguably a top five defense or expected to be a top five defense in the league. And so I'm going to give the Bengals a little bit of a break here, considering how close they were to actually winning this game, even with all of their mistakes. Number eight, you got the New Orleans Saints. Uh, almost lost to the Falcons, but then Falcons gonna Falcons. Wound up winning by a single point, mostly because of Jameis Winston, who in the fourth quarter absolutely went off. They had 17 points scored in the fourth quarter after their offense really couldn't do anything, mostly because of a decrepit offensive line that looked awful. They really didn't get the run game going. But the thing that I loved about the Saints here is the fact that they got Jarvis Landry involved. He was a major factor here. Michael Thomas, he scored two touchdowns, indicating that he is back. And Chris Olave had that big two-point conversion as well. So they have a lot of receiving threats. Alvin Kamara wasn't entirely successful or productive in this game, but I think that'll come with time. The big concerns I have with them are the offensive line. Also, the run defense, they let up a lot of rushing yards to Cordero Patterson, so that's something to keep an eye on. But the Falcons always play the Saints very, very tough. And while the Falcons did choke it away, a big part of it is going to be due to the efforts of Jameis Winston. And because of that, they deserve to be on this list. Number seven, you got the Philadelphia Eagles pulling off a tough game in Detroit, 38 to 35 against a Lions team in which Ford Field was rocking. The team was pumped up. Hard knocks most definitely helped and they were looking for kneecaps. The defense, let's get the bad out of the way. The defense, especially the rush defense, struggled against guys like Swift who had over a hundred yards. But other than that, they played pretty darn good. Jalen Hurts, 
Definitely could be better with the accuracy. Wasn't so great throwing the football. 18 for 32 for 243 yards. But on the ground, rushed 17 times, 90 yards, one touchdown. He was electric back there. In total, the Eagles had 216 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Oh, and A.J. Brown, 10 receptions for 155 yards, showing, yeah, it was worth the first round pick here. The Eagles were able to close out this game, and this is what's going to make them dangerous. If Jalen Hurts can hone in on his accuracy, become a better passer, they're going to be a really good team this year. They were able to run the ball effectively, which they really started to do at the back half of the year last season, and it was really, really successful. Now they're doing it right out of the gate. The Eagles, I think, are going to be a problem. Right now, I think they're favorites to win the East, considering that the Cowboys lost Dak Prescott for six to eight weeks. And the Eagles, yeah, tough game, but they flew. Number six, you got the L.A. Chargers. Chargers, congratulations, guys. You didn't charger it up. You almost blew the lead, but you didn't, almost because of Devontae Adams, who absolutely smoked your secondary. But we're not going to talk about that. Instead, you guys won. Justin Herbert, 26 for 34, 279 yards, three tutties. Didn't really have a run game. And a lot of that, I think, is going to be attributed to the fact that the Raiders had a pretty good defense, or at least in terms of run defense. They were able to move the ball around on offense, and more importantly, the defense, which really made the Chargers get into these shootouts last year, forced three turnovers, made Derek Carr's life pretty damn miserable on Sunday, and the Chargers looked pretty solid. I think you definitely want to clean some things up here. They could get a lot better, but right now, going against a divisional rival, they got the win on the board. They have a big Thursday night game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and if they're able to knock them off, I think maybe we'll look at the Chargers in a little bit of a different light. Are you sure about that? Number five, you got the Baltimore Ravens going into New Jersey and winning 24-9, a game that they were expected to win. The Jets did show up on defense 100%, but they also had Joe Flacco on the offensive side of the ball, so that was always going to be rough. Lamar Jackson, 17 for 30, had three touchdowns, one interception. Definitely a slow start for the Ravens. Their defense obviously was pretty darn good in keeping the Jets at bay. But one of the things they definitely need is their running backs. Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins still out. They rolled with Kenyon Drake. And the running backs really just didn't do a whole lot. But I will say that Lamar Jackson had some amazing throws. This guy is playing for a mega contract, turning down a big deal with the Baltimore Ravens. They were able to go into Jersey in a hostile environment and get it done. And so as the Ravens get healthier throughout the season, I think they'll climb up this list. Number four, you got the purple incarnation of Satan. The voodoo didn't work. The Minnesota Vikings beating the Green Bay Packers 23 to 7. Let's talk about the good that the Vikings did. Uh, Zadarius Smith added a much-needed pass rush to that Vikings defense because that defense last year was not great. They were really able to get after Aaron Rodgers, who definitely had some pieces missing from that offensive line, so that helped. The O-line for the Vikings definitely held. The Packers really couldn't get home against Kirk Cousins, who had a very productive day, 23 for 32, had over 270 yards and two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 90 yards on the ground. But of course, the star of the show is Justin Jefferson. Nine catches, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. 
The Packers just had no answers for them. The Packers really struggled to get any kind of offense going. Rodgers was constantly under duress. And while you did have opportunities there, the Vikings were able to seize on all the mistakes that the Packers made, and they were able to put together a really solid game. Now, it's not unusual for the Vikings and Packers to split here, but the Vikings definitely looked impressive. Kevin O'Connell looked really good in his first game as a head coach, getting the win. And if the Vikings are able to build on this, watch out. I said that they were probably going to be a playoff team heading into this season, and they definitely looked it on Sunday, much to my chagrin. Number three, you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, in a really boring game, but winning 19-3 on Sunday night football. A pretty pedestrian game for Tom Brady. Wasn't really anything special here. Their O-line, there's definitely some gaps there. Micah Parsons had a nice game for the Dallas Cowboys, but this was kind of the defensive show for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, constantly getting after Dak. He did not look good even before he got injured, really stopping the run, even though Zeke was able to break off a couple. The defense still looked really good. And on top of that, focusing back on the offensive side of the ball, Julio Jones, they got him involved early, looked good. Godwin, before he left with an injury, he looked solid. But Leonard Fournette, man, What a freaking stud he is, 127 yards, and this was just some old-school football. Brady didn't have to do anything special. He could do a bunch of checkdowns because it was like, hey, let me hand off the ball. Oh, the run game continues to work. We have a smothering defense. That's enough to get the win. Obviously, Cooper Rush came in later for the Cowboys for the injured Dak Prescott, and while he was able to make some throws, the Buccaneers took care of business here. And the Buccaneers, they don't need these wins to be pretty because the most important thing is they got a win and we'll see how they do against the Saints next week. Number two, you got the Kansas City Chiefs putting a wallop on the Cardinals, 44 to 21. Patrick Mahomes, arguably the best quarterback of the week. Over 360 yards, five touchdowns, was sacked zero times, which is pretty darn good considering that O-line. I know that they made some additions last year, but it held up against a decent pass rush of the Cardinals on Sunday. Had 128 rushing yards total with Pacheco and also Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Both of them really contributed to the majority of those rushing yards. Kelsey, over 120 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster had some nice production, and MVS did as well. And they just looked like a very balanced offense. There were some questions after Tyreek Hill left. Hey, are they going to be the same team? And while they're kind of still missing that like real deep threat, they still showed that they can win football games against a Cardinals team that wasn't supposed to be this bad. But yeah, they came out of the gate strong after a very slow start last year. But the Chiefs, they're rolling. And finally, number one, you got the Buffalo Bills. You could argue that you could put the Chiefs here, but I think just the quality of the opponent, they knocked off the reigning defending Super Bowl champs in the Rams, and they made them look like chumps, beating them 31-10. to The defense kept getting after Matthew Stafford, forcing a ton of mistakes and a bunch of turnovers. Von Miller was an absolute stud and difference maker showing that that big contract they gave him was definitely enough. And over on the offensive side of the ball, Josh Allen is that guy. Absolutely incredible night for Josh Allen, whether it was stiff-arming, whether it was deep balls. Gabe Davis looked really good. Stephon Diggs kept getting highlighted against a very good secondary. They were able to keep Aaron Donald in check. And the Bills just came out looking like Super Bowl favorites. And I think they'll continue to be as the season rolls on. 
But that's my top 10 rankings. Number one, you got the Bills. Two, you got the Chiefs. Three, the Buccaneers. Four, the Vikings. Five, the Ravens. Six, the Chargers. Seven, the Eagles. Eight, the Saints. Nine, the Bengals. And 10, the Seahawks. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. Who would be in your top 10? Let me know. You can always find me at TomGrossyComedy.com or TomGrossyComedy, all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. And a big shout and thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com slash TomGrossyComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grassi. And as always, go Pack Go.